Welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. <laughs> Hi there, everybody. I'm Logan. I'm Lindsay. And welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. Yay! And oh boy, we we are so excited to be back. Yay. I know we've, we've we've missed a little bit of time. We've we've both been very busy. I know that I've been a little bit sick. It's just that time of year, and it's it's just hard to to really well to coordinate getting together to record an episode. But we have really just tried, and we really oh, we're so excited to get these stories out to you today. Yeah, we are. I mean, we yeah. haven't missed any weeks, but yes, we've been struggling. Not weeks. It just maybe it just feels like weeks. It feels like, yeah, we've. (laughs) It's weird to like pre-record and then not meet for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we do have some built up in the chamber, but it's a matter of keeping them fresh to us. And and so yeah, we are gonna definitely try to stay on track throughout the summer and keep on cranking out new episodes. But we're like I say, just excited that we can be you know with y'all tonight. The summer. The summer. I know it's coming. It's not winter anymore. Isn't that cool? There's some flowers. It's not as cold. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've been I've been riding my bike an awful lot, and we still get the occasional snowstorm, and that's yeah. that's a that's a bummer. Utah. But <laughs> I'm feeling good about this summer. We've got uh, kind of a a windy spring here in Utah, but I think it'll settle down to something nice and warm. Which I'm also not happy about. Which is sad i don't yeah. know what, why i live in a place where like the majority of the year i'm un- unhappy with the weather yeah yeah we have <laughs> we have we have two temperatures here in utah construction and winter <laughs> yep that's it <laughs> no but like it does it can get really hot here in the summers and i i hate heat and i hate cold <laughs> so yeah, it's, you i know need it's, to uh, just it's, move somewhere temperate it's ridiculous so. So a, a friend of mine, uh, years ago, we were stuck in traffic and it was a, it was like an August day. And we decided that the construction workers that were slowing down traffic for people to get through were the priests of the sun god Marduk. And they <laughs> reveled in people just baking for as long as they could on the freeways. And the ceremonial garb of Marduk is the orange high visibility vest and the hard hat. It makes perfect sense. He is the sun god that lives in my stomach, <laughs> according to uh, C-Lab 2021. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's funny, though. <laughs> enjoy spring while you can. I hope that everybody out there just enjoy the time of year that, that it is. Whether it's springtime, yeah, I know it's going to get hot for summertime. Stay out of the sun oh, and I you'll will. be fine. <laughs> Don't you worry. I definitely yeah. will. <laughs> Wear a hat and sunscreen. But and- <laughs> now we can start talking about... My absolute favorite weather, which is dark and stormy. Ooh, yeah. Which happens perfect for this time of year. Our cocktail for tonight. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and it's a good one. Amazing segue. It was just great. Now, just in (laughs) case somebody out there is not familiar with a dark dark and stormy, why don't you walk us through that one, Lynn? Sure, I can definitely do that. I can give you some history, too. So a dark and stormy is two ounces of dark rum. Three ounces of chilled ginger beer, a half an ounce of fresh lime juice, and that's optional. It's actually not in the original recipe. And then you just garnish it with a lime wheel or candied ginger. Okay. Yeah, but I really like the lime juice in there. It it, it really works well with the ginger mm-hmm. and lime and rum. They're they're old friends of mine. Yeah, I mean it, it kind of makes it more Moscow muley. 
Yeah. Just with dark I, rum I, instead of vodka. I feel like it keeps the scurvy away. <laughs> you know, I think that's a great point. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since it was invented by British soldiers. <laughs> oh, really? Sometime after World War One, some British soldiers... British, I cannot talk tonight, man. British soldiers. There we go. There, you nailed it. Got it. They were on leave in Bermuda, and they decided to mix Gosling's Black Seal Rum, named for the actual seal on the bottle, not Mm -hmm. an animal, which I was super bummed about. But thank you for clarifying. (laughs) And then they mixed it with homemade ginger beer, which they made to help them with seasickness. I can see that. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Yeah, you take a ginger ale to settle your stomach. Mix your booze with your medicine. Why not, right? Yeah. (laughs) One of them allegedly said that the drink was the color of a cloud that only a fool or a dead man would sail under. And from that, it got the name Dark and Stormy. Oh, that is awesome. I I love history like that. For one, I'm a, I'm big on pirates and sailing and all of that. Of Specific, yeah. And but just the parts of it that go into what people see and interpret. To me, that that's what turns it from just a, a series of events to a real story. Definitely, yeah. There's a little more history with this too, just because of the people that kind of trademarked the name Dark and Stormy. It's the apostrophe N, Dark and Stormy that they trademarked. Hmm. It's by Gosling's, so the ones who make that that black seal rum. It's technically illegal if you put lime juice in or use any other rum than Gosling's black seal to make this Mm. cocktail. Like um, they they own a whole bunch of trademarks and they're extremely litigious against people trying to rip off the name and the recipe. Uh, yeah okay which i mean like whatever it's their brand and they want to protect it and but they're like hardcore (laughs) so it's technically illegal like no one's gonna come arrest you you just make it at home with a different kind of rum and lime juice but if you did that in like a bar or whatever and you try to pass it off as the dark and stormy but you don't use their recipe and their rum you Mm -hmm. might encounter some problems so, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> invent one called the darker and stormier. <laughs> I think uh, you'd probably be okay with that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it might actually also be called safe harbor on some menus to avoid legal. That's problems. boring. I know. <laughs> it's so much less exciting than dark and stormy. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that's our drink for the evening. Um, and it is delicious. Yes. Go make one right now. Oh, it's yummy. I think, I mean, the the best part about this is that it's really, really simple to make. Three ingredients. Yeah. You you can almost make it by accident. (laughs) Right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) This drink magically appeared. Yeah. I didn't mean to make this, but it's not bad. (laughs) But yeah, so we highly recommend it. Feel free to pause and go make yourself one. That's or the not. joy of podcasting. You can drink Pause, water. Go do your grocery shopping. Get a little tipsy. Come back. It's Maybe don't whatever do. you feel like doing. <laughs> Maybe don't drink in if the, you're driving. That, we don't recommend in that. In that order. Yeah, yeah. Drinking is for home or bars or at friends' houses. Anywhere but behind the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just. Yeah. <laughs> we can also <laughs> inspire you to want to drink one later. That yeah. Could, or that if, you're not, if you're not the drinking sort, that's cool too. You are invited to the party and I hope you like Always. the stories. Yeah. I mean, you could probably make... Well, I mean, you could just drink the ginger beer because that's not alcoholic. So that's good stuff. There you yeah, go. it's always funny where it's you make <laughs> Moscow mules and you end up with like two cans of ginger beer in the fridge, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like, hmm, what do I, do, do I want a ginger beer? And it always comes down to 
I could go for a ginger beer, but I'd rather have a Moscow Mule, so... Exactly. Then it just stays in the fridge for weeks. Which is really funny. I totally have one in my fridge (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's because on its own is okay, but it's a component that needs to be added to something else. Could be so much greater than what it started as. That's true. It can only be enhanced, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... um, Let's, so the dark and stormy, yeah. yeah. So let's let's get into our tales for tonight. So we're doing yeah. our modern folklore again. Uh, this is our fourth time doing this, which is bananas. I cannot even believe it. Time goes so fast. I, I went back and kind of revisited our old episode list. And boy, I, we've, we've been really just chewing through these. And that's really cool. And more than anything, I, I took a look at some of the reviews that people have been leaving. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you to anybody who left us a review. That is such a kind uh, thing to do. Yes, thank to you so much. actively go out and say you like something, especially when you didn't pay for it or you're not getting anything in return other than more of what you got in the first place <laughs> it's so true and i mean so it, it really yeah. helps us too to to want to keep making more episodes for you so. yes absolutely <laughs> that's that's something when, when we read those it's like oh well now we gotta do it people are counting on exactly, us exactly not, not that we would ever consider stopping anything but it's an extra little push to know that yeah, uh, that validation. everybody out there cares it's validation so thank you us. and yeah. we do so appreciate it so much so like like you said, Lindsay, we are going to do some modern folk, folk tales yeah. today. This is something really cool. Uh, I really like continuing the idea that we are a, a species that likes to tell stories. And Absolutely. that's just part of who we are. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, it doesn't matter is. what our tools are. It doesn't really matter if we're talking to somebody, only one person right in front of us, or posting on the internet for the whole world. We like to tell stories. So I really like that uh, we're getting some really great submissions and we get to share them with you folks. I am too. And we we also do want to say that if you have stories or if you know someone that writes them, please let us know. Um, We would be more than happy to narrate them for you. You can send them to us at modern at folkloreontherocks.com. Yes, please. You may hear it on a future episode. Like We really encourage you to send those in because we would especially love having listeners be the ones, you know, whose stories we're reading. That would be so yeah. cool. It'd be so, it'd be really cool. Um, so please feel free to do that. You know, we've, we've got a couple of stories for you tonight. I think we're going to start only doing a couple of these each time we do a folk, a folklore, a modern folklore episode. Yeah. Just to, just to kind of pace sure. ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But you know, two is still, two is still a good chunk of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And especially when they're as good as the stories we have tonight. Definitely. Uh, these are really fun stories. So uh, what do you say we, we you know, quit, no, quit wasting time and let's, let's jump on in. Sounds good to me. All right. What's our first story? Our first story is called My Daughter is Afraid of the Dark, Now I Am Too. And it's by Andrew Close. His Reddit handle is you slash symphony sketch. And his Twitch handle is eagleize20 underscore 20. Um, and Logan is going to narrate this for us now. Sounds good. Let's take a listen. Help. I'm a single father of one, a five-year-old little girl, and my daughter has reached the age where she's terrified of the dark. From what I've read, every child goes through it. I know I definitely did, but it's much worse for my daughter. She gets really scared. 
and in her half-awake state, she gets up and starts looking for her mother in a really panicked manner. Her mother died in a horrible car accident. A drunk driver was racing down our street in a truck and plowed right through her car as she was pulling out of the driveway. This happened year and three days ago, and it was three days ago on the anniversary that everything got worse. As I said, my daughter gets up and goes through the house, panicked, but it doesn't always wake me up. So I installed cameras over the house that send an alert to my phone if they detect movement. I've gotten used to waking up after having gotten an alert and looking in on one of the cameras to see something like her trying to open the back door or climbing on a chair. When it happens, I simply get up, give her a big hug like her mom always did, and I let her sleep with me. It's nothing too hard to handle. It's gone on for what feels like forever and it's basically become a part of my sleep schedule. Now that you have the context, here's what happened that is freaking me out. Three days ago, the anniversary of my wife's death. I woke up after my phone had started buzzing at a decent pace. It was the cameras. The alerts all happened very fast, and the cameras that were triggered led straight to my daughter's room. I figured she was just having another episode, and that I had just taken longer to wake up. But there's no way that was the case. There were only alerts leading to my daughter's room, and there were none that would suggest that she got up and left her room. The camera in her room hadn't even been triggered. It was at the moment I realized this that the camera in her room triggered, and I heard my daughter scream in fear. I tried to look at the camera as I quickly got out of bed, but it wasn't working. I ran down the hallway and went through her already open door, ready to attack whoever it was in her room. There was no one. Just my daughter. She was laying in her bed, covers pulled up all the way to her head. I tried to talk her into pulling them down, but she refused, so I eventually stopped asking. I sat down on her bed and asked her what scared her. She didn't respond. I asked her again. She simply said, There's a monster in my closet. Of course, I didn't believe her. But wanting to calm her down, I agreed to inspect the closet. I had completely forgotten about the alerts. I guess in the moment I just played it off as malfunctioning equipment and bad timing. I had just started to calm myself down as I approached the closet. But that quickly changed when I heard something in the closet moving. I froze immediately, terrified. What or who was in my daughter's closet? And why? What was I going to do when I opened the door? There wasn't time to think through. I quickly pulled the door open. It was my daughter. She had tears going down her cheeks, very frightened. The last thing I remember before waking up in bed in the morning was her saying, Daddy, there's a monster in my bed. I thought it was all a terrifying dream. thought I imagined it all. But when I picked up my phone, the alerts were there. I went into the camera app's DVR. All of the cameras were empty until my daughter's door started to open before the camera cut out. Then me running down the hallway. I almost missed it, but looking at my daughter's camera all the way through, I noticed there was one frame in the static. I paused it and instantly regretted it. It was me looking down into the closet, and behind me on my daughter's bed, it looked like something was standing straight up on her bed under the cover of the blankets. I quickly headed into the living room and then the kitchen. My daughter isn't anywhere. I can't find her. I've been sitting at my kitchen table for a couple of days now. It feels like something is watching me. Like something is just right there. There. Just past the corner of your eye, right where you can't see it. I decided that if I was just going to sit here, I might as well tell someone what happened. Guess what? I just got an alert. The camera in the corner of the room, right in front of me, just detected motion. There is something behind me. I want to look, even though I know I shouldn't. 
I'm just going to click post before looking, just in case. Wish me luck. Oh boy, that was that was intense. <laughs> I really yeah. loved that one. That honestly, just to- I was genuinely scared. Oh, yeah. There are so many aspects of this that that hit really close to my own kind of lifestyle and and story. I, I, I've the million uh, motion sensor set, cameras in your house. Well, in, in <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I set them up for my parents. I set up at my dad's business. Uh, I, I've, I've worked a lot with motion sensor cameras. And boy, it is. Uh, sometimes you see a shadow move in them or something sets off the motion sensor and you look up, look at the recording and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's scary. Or feels like a black mirror uh, episode. Yeah. But even, even scarier is when you do see something is when you, yeah. I mean, usually it's something, it, it, sadly, it's usually people stealing packages or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you do that, you're going to the same circle of hell as bike thieves. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but that's such a cool part of, of modern life that can now be, and to see that worked into a story is really, really cool. Yeah, and also uh, super terrifying. Super, super terrifying. terrifying. It's, a, it's, it's an entirely different perspective. I loved that it was seen through this mechanical eye kind of idea because what that does is it makes it so even though it's it's written by a character kind of more or less in real time uh just kind of catching you up on on what's going on uh you don't have the guarantee that they're safe and sound at the end of it yeah which um, is great i love it's I like love listening to a black box recording for sure exactly yeah <laughs> like like a black black box from plan i can totally see that yeah it's such an interesting tie between technology and the paranormal like you were saying Kind of like, kind of like I said, like a Black Mirror episode. It gives you that same creepy vibe of like the possibility that this could maybe happen to you, mm-hmm. and it's scary. You know, you, yeah. you get all I, those I, paranormal activity movies, and very similar types of things, mm-hmm. and those are things we kind of look for when we're looking for a horror thrill because they're not outside the realm of possibility at all. And I really like that just the, again, back just to go back to the cameras for just a moment, they are an element of control mm-hmm. to attempt to have constant surveillance on your property to make sure that, and, and they are, they represent, I mean, like, like walls, like any other security measure, they are people trying to control their environment. And the more people try to do that, often they discover the environment is a very wild and <laughs> unknowable thing that is very true Uh, especially when there are monsters yeah um Um, and i mean let's talk about that monster for a second yeah yeah yeah, what do you so if we were to do a creature you know feature on it what do you think that monster is no the things that kept going through my mind were like i mean obviously a ghost is up there uh, changeling is a big one that it could possibly be. That's kind of what I yeah. feel. It, it, Some it, sort of shapeshifter, it, 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 a doppelganger, doppelganger or something yeah. like that. Uh, it could be the mother, a Ooh, ghost, like yeah. a, a shade of the mother or something like that, because it's, it's mm-hmm. the anniversary of her death, right? So it would make sense that she keeps coming back to the home, and that's why this daughter is having all of these nightmares and stuff, or these may possibly even encounters. But then she's stronger yeah. on the anniversary of her death. You know, that's oh, a very common thing is... with, with paranormal. You know, there's there's times that a spirit is stronger or the connection to a spirit world is stronger. Like, you know, Halloween, 
or anniversaries or that that type of thing. So it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense that it might be that, but a change. Oh, that's a cool thought. I hadn't considered that. Um, I to me, I looked at the death of the mother as uh, like a an element that yeah, like it 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 leaves a vacuum, and that's okay. what draws whatever this creature in. So maybe like the protection uh, of her leaves or something. Yeah, it is a house that has known loss, right. and uh, the people are they're they're longing for something that. They can't have. And that longing maybe and, calls or something. Yeah, I feel like that kind of pulls sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's an interesting thing when emotions affect larger things. And usually it's coincidence, but we don't really know how much, uh, you know, our own observation, our own emotions, and uh, the energy we put out, how much it can really change things. <laughs> The fact that this is even occurring and like how long it's been happening to this poor little girl, this poor five-year-old little, little tiny know. girl, um, like the trauma, even from that kids have nightmares all the time, but to continuously be having like night terrors over and over and over again is traumatizing for the kid and exhausting for the parents and, and traumatizing for them too. You know, you never want to see your mm-hmm. kid in pain. And then to just have it climax like this, uh, where he goes missing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that blackout moment uh, that isn't the end of the story, right? Exactly. That is that is something that we haven't seen a whole lot of. Usually, that's you know, lights go out, end of story. This carries on a little bit yeah. further because that's not really the end of of the larger story right and for the last Uh, thing before he loses time to be like the reveal of you know his actual daughter is in the closet scared mm -hmm. (laughs) um (laughs) there's a monster in my bed uh like and to wake up and be like oh my god was that a dream what happens (laughs) it's so like it's crazy to even think about yeah and and the the classic idea of the monster in the closet right that's something play on that uh that's a really fun twist to throw on a story that has so many modern elements to it Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's a fear that a lot of people have had as children even if you're not afraid of it now you remember being afraid of it yeah totally it's always that fear of a door being closed and unknown and you don't know what's there Nowadays, like as adults, we, we, some of us, at least I do tend to lock my door at night. Like I'll close and lock my bedroom door at night. Mm -hmm. It's more of a fear of what's outside than what's inside. (laughs) Um, you know, like, you know, say a thief comes into my home or something, he's got one more barrier to like be able to get to me or something like that, which is a horrible way to, to like go to bed and thinking about that. But it's like a security blanket you know it's our adult security blanket and meanwhile i i kind of have the underlying thought of it's not so much that i'm stuck in here with them they're stuck in here with me <laughs> I, oh those poor thieves <laughs> they come to your home i swear <laughs> um so i don't lock my door my my bedroom door at night go ahead come on in see what happens but not <laughs> i can fight a bear <laughs> Just give me enough booze and enough room without fragile objects around. Fair enough. That's the key. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I did think it was interesting that 
the aspect of when he wakes up in the morning and figures out that like, okay, this is a thing that did happen and his daughter's missing. He mm-hmm. kind of goes into this like numb state of fear and he just sits there for a couple of days. Yeah, sits there and uh, so illogical for a father. But it makes some sense if you're so terrified that you just can't move. Like you'd have to be really, yeah. really scared to override your whole missing child thing. <laughs> and the idea that the father then goes and writes it all out as as if it's really, I mean, to me, it, it sounded like a Reddit post. Yeah. Just, I mean, granted, it was, uh, but also, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, but <laughs> Reddit is such an interesting thing because subreddits get divided by category, and but it's several different communities. Mm-hmm. And often the, the idea of sitting down and writing something out and reaching out to people saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what's wrong. I'm terrified and lost. Help yeah. me. Yeah. It gives that that extra believability factor with as yeah, a, as a I guess that's sleep, where I'm going for sure. Yeah, it feels real. It feels. I mean, I've I've read Reddit posts. Uh, there's one that stands out in my mind of somebody who opened a safe that they shouldn't have. <laughs> no, if I remember correctly, sorry, they removed something from a safe that shouldn't have been opened, and they closed it. They had to find a way to get back into this safe, and they put out a thing saying. Hey, who can help me? Who knows about safes? I'm on a limited timetable and there are serious consequences. How do I do this? And that is something that... So like accidental thievery or like a haunted object? Accidental (laughs) thievery. If I remember correctly, and I don't want to call out what the story was because it was kind of very specific and and this person was in real trouble. I think they they saw something they weren't supposed to see. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. For sure. Yeah, and... Oh, that, that that story really stands That's out scary. because it's, it was totally real. Now, at the same time, there was a lot of people, you know, in, in the thread saying, guessing this is fake. This seems not real. But I don't know. It's close Even if enough it to is, reality. Is it an excuse? It's a really cool excuse. <laughs> yeah. Very creative thinking. That's kind of what this story feels like. I can imagine the comments down the line. Yeah. yeah, this dude's totally lying. He's just a troll. Except if I were reading it, I'd be like, then why didn't he continue commenting? Why is there not another post? You just imagine this Reddit user is no longer there anymore. You know, like never posts again. Now, do you think after whatever happened to the father, do you think this creature would move on to another family to prey upon? Do you think they... I think they would have to. It it would make sense that it's some part of like a physiological need for them to do this you know mm-hmm. they probably don't just get their kicks from oh, it's it a, it's <laughs> yeah it's probably a hunger yeah boy th- well done this is a very intense story and not a long one or even a really graphic one but still a really that great perf- one I yeah the perfect blend of the psychological thrill i think yeah. um a question for you mm. was it all a dream does he even have a daughter Ooh, I I don't know. I'm not really a a big dreamer. I very seldom dream. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, I know. My I I like. I have to really think that... really weird dreams. <laughs> like super weird. I use up all of my imagination while I'm conscious. Hey, that's okay I just okay kind too. of shut down and and regenerate <laughs> while I sleep. <laughs> it's like a Wolverine thing. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't, I, I personally don't 
really consider the dream as like my first go-to mm-hmm. option. However, I know that there are people out there that do have really intense, even lucid dreams. And I, I just, I, I, I'm just reminded of the Jim Gaffigan quote of, uh, you know, uh, what, is, what is dreaming? It's, oh, don't worry. Uh, my brain plays movies that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's true. It just makes me think like, okay, so is this a dream within a dream type of thing? You know, like he mm. dreams this happened. What if he doesn't even have a daughter? What if this is a totally different life? Um, and he dreams this and then he quote unquote wakes up and then dreams more of what's happening and then wakes up yeah. again having posted this. Uh, Maybe he's sleepwalking, mm-hmm. you know? So there's Very a lot possible. of really interesting possibilities that it could be happening there's a lot of interesting creatures that they could po- this could possibly be i mean i just keep flipping back to that image of the still that he sees on his phone app of him looking into the closet and something standing up underneath the sheets on behind him yeah, on the bed yeah that kind of uh, just oh, standing up on the bed something rises up it's just so creepy <laughs> Yeah. Well, and him that's... never even having like him having tried to get the covers off of his what he thought was his daughter at to- at the time in the bed, him mm-hmm. trying to have her remove them and like not succeeding, and mm-hmm. then realizing after when he sees his actual daughter crying in the closet, you know, like there was this thing I was sitting next to and talking to, that's this horrible malicious monster probably, you know. Yeah. Like, that's scary. I, I pictured this kind of almost like Momo looking almost <laughs> a girl, but definitely a monster thing. Yeah. It, no, I, I don't. It takes on it's, the. It's creepy. It's it's that changeling yeah. vibe for sure. Yeah, but it's an imperfect duplicate. Mm-hmm. It's a weird photocopy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you don't know what changelings are, I don't know. Uh, not everyone's like super familiar. Then why are you listening to this because show? they're learning. <laughs> um so changelings if if i'm recalling correctly i haven't done research on this recently at all but they they're i think celtic or irish folklore but basically the the fae would come and take a child and replace it with like a facsimile of that child that wasn't responsive that wasn't it wasn't anything really and would just kind of waste away and mm-hmm. the other child was then, you know, whisked away to to another realm. To the fae realm, and yeah. Uh, used there for, I don't even know what. <laughs> oh, Entertainment, I'm sure slavery, all kinds of things. I don't know. But, yeah, that seemed, but not good yeah, stuff, I don't know. probably. Yeah, in reading about the, the fae realm, either in D&D literature or real kind of hard go-back-in-time folklore, it's a dangerous place. It is. Uh to deal with these seely or unseely courts, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very dangerous proposition. Sure. And they do not play by the same no. rules that we do. But, and we will definitely do an episode about them. Yeah, we'll do all kinds about of stuff About changeling or one. about something in regards to the fairy realm at some point. Oh, which is, it's it'll be fascinating. good. And it may be familiar yeah. to you. I'm, it's, it's in a lot of folktales. It's in a ton of urban folk, folklore or urban fantasy, I guess. Uh, it's in mm-hmm. a lot of those books. So you may be familiar from it that way, but it's definitely an interesting world. 
Yeah, the uh, there's I think it's the latest book by uh, Larry Correa's Monster Hunter International. Uh, the lead character goes into the Fey realm to rescue several friends, and the description of what the Fey realm really is it it is this shadow world that can be anything and everything. It changes all the time. You go insane there. A mortal creature loses its mind there mm. because we just can't grasp the inconsistencies and the chaos that is just everyday life in that world. That sounds super cool. Um, but there yeah. are like at least uh, there's a handful that I can even think of right off the top of my head that deal with the Unseelie and Seelie courts within fantasy, like urban fantasy books, because it is a really good aspect it's a great way of separating you know good and evil or like turning good and evil on yeah. its head even like the dresden files and hellboy hellboy yeah um yeah that's the other one i'm thinking of i think it's uh the october day series which is great um but anyway mm-hmm. so there's a ton there and they're all super interesting so if you're a fan of that and you like the combination of you know your urban and folktales kind of being combined. I highly recommend checking out urban fantasy books. I'm guessing a lot of you Definitely. probably have read a lot of them. So, hey, kudos Lindsay, to you. <laughs> I, I get that this is totally a tangent oh, from sure. our, our storytellers, <laughs> but I think to kind of put a button on this, what is your favorite urban or modern fantasy world? Iron Druid, for sure. Iron Druid, sure. excellent but choice. With- those, are, those are really, really <laughs> oh, fun books. So good. But with October Day series being a very close second, for sure. Mm-hmm. For me, it's going to have to come down to, like, I, there's a lot that I like, but I think the top of the list is Shadowrun. Shadowrun. Yeah, it's near future, very cyberpunk, ah. but it's this idea that after corporations take over the world and, you know, things kind of go to shit, uh, magic reawakens. And I like that. people start turning into orcs and goblins and... Uh, elves the problem is is that it's still a very corporate driven world that everyone just has to live in and magic is a thing but it's one more tool that people use to try to get ahead that's really cool i'll have to check that out for sure yeah um so it's there's a bunch of books written in there some video games it was actually an rpg like a pen and paper rpg for many many years but due to kind of licensing issues it was a little tricky to really keep consistent. Right. Some editions are better than others, uh, but it's a very, very cool world. It sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like techno fantasy. I like I think so. So that's kind of a fun way to kind of tie back to our, our little story that we just had. I love having modern elements in a story that doesn't necessarily play by the rules of reality. Definitely. I also do. I yeah. think it's. It's fascinating, and it's it's why I really enjoy shows. I think, like Black Mirror. I mean, I, I know Black Mirror's not exactly ha- it doesn't really have paranormal aspects to it per se, mm-hmm. but it feels like if well, <laughs> if they well, made an episode yeah. with paranormal, it'd be something like this. It would probably be yeah. more like an intruder or something, but <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> or the security system has become sentient. Yeah, and- there you go. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our promo yeah. for this week. 
Um, let's, it's, let's take a listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called the Freak Nation Podcast, and it is a para travel show run by four queer friends who discuss creepy, mysterious things one city at a time, which is the para that sounds travel part. Awesome. Yeah. So here's the promo. Did you know it's believed Giles Corey, the man who was pressed to death during the Salem witch trials, cursed Salem and all of its future sheriffs? Or that the highest concentration of UFO sightings have occurred in southern Colorado, which is also home to a UFO watchtower? Or that the oldest and possibly haunted gay bar in America is Cafe Lafitte in Exile in New Orleans? If this interests you and you want to hear more, then you should check out our podcast Freak Nation, where we explore the fringe of society one city at a time. It's the queer para travel podcast you didn't know you needed. And we are back. That sounds like a fun one. Yeah. Freak Nation. Yeah. It reminds me of a song by the modern, oh, what the hell are they? Maybe aggressive jazz band. <laughs> uh, here come the mummies. Okay. <laughs> Look at us, uh, the weirdest. Musical taste, you guys. You have no idea. We should put a we should put a Spotify list together for for you guys. I really should. <laughs> but they have a song that's called "Let Your Freak Flag Fly." Oh my gosh! So does the and... Shrek musical. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hate that I know that. <laughs> I, I I just like anything that kind of addresses that uh, we're all a little bit weird. And I've often said that anyone who claims that they're normal is both lying and boring at the same time. 100%. Yes. (laughs) So true. Um, So yeah, check them out. They're great. We are going to segue right into our next story for you guys. It is called... Yeah, we've got a whole nother story. Um, It's called The Fallen. And it's by Angus McKnight, who you may have heard another story of his on our show before. His Reddit handle is you slash scorpshi and logan is going to narrate this one for us too sounds good let's roll a few years ago when i was in my mid-20s i had gone out for a jog one evening when i'd come across something i'll never forget for background i live in canada i'm of latino background and i'm not as religious as the rest of my family but my uncle lucas and my father uh, they're both still strong catholics anyway i had gone out for a jog in my neighborhood in the evening when i got home from work It was early fall, so the evenings weren't getting very dark, and I felt fairly safe by myself. I live in a fairly quiet neighborhood, with plenty of trees around, and on my way home I took a shortcut past a local school. The school has a parking lot behind it, and some stairs which lead up to a large sports field. I had paused at the bottom of the stairs to get my breath, when I heard someone crying. It sounded like an adult, and against my better judgment I crept as quietly as I could up the stairs. What I saw made me freeze. The figure was hunched over, with its head in its hands, weeping. Its back was covered in blood. And I looked down to see that something was stuck to the soles of my sneakers. They were feathers. Bloody feathers. I was standing, absolutely still, staring, when the figure looked at me. It looked like a man, with pale skin, curly blonde hair, and blue eyes. But when it saw me, its face twisted up into a snarl. At that point, adrenaline kicked in, and I booked it down the stairs and across the parking lot, running faster than I ever had before. I could hear the thing right behind me, growling. It was so close that I could feel its breath on my neck, and at one point, I felt fingers clawing at my back, trying to grab me. I tried to run faster, but my legs were aching and my lungs were burning. Suddenly, it was gone. 
I couldn't go anymore, and I just stopped, desperately trying to breathe. We had passed by a church that's a few blocks from the school, and the thing had just vanished. I have no idea where it went, and I wasn't complaining. I got home as soon as I could, and my parents noticed I was sweating and panting more than usual. I tried to explain what I had seen, but I had no idea where to even start. My mom figured I must have seen some crazy homeless guy or a junkie or something, but my dad frowned and asked about the bloody feathers. I told him they were all over the ground around the guy, and my dad started to get rather worried, especially when I mentioned that it just vanished near the church. I went to go shower and change, and while I was toweling off, I noticed four long red streaks on my back. They weren't scratches, but marks like something warm had been run from my shoulders to midway down my body. I couldn't help but remember how the thing had been grabbing at my back. Tio Lucas came to visit the following day and asked me about what happened. Dad had told him about it the night before over the phone. I explained again what had gone on, and I told him about the marks on my back. They weren't serious. In fact, they were fading. But none of us really worried until Tio Lucas showed my parents and I very faint red marks on his upper arm. Like someone grabbed it. He said he'd had a similar experience when he was traveling back in the 80s. He'd been in New Mexico and was going back to his hotel one evening when he saw what he thought was a drunk person staggering back and forth across the parking lot. Tio Lucas had been careful not to get overly involved, but the person had grabbed Tio Lucas by the arm, probably to steady himself, and Tio Lucas had said that he had pale skin and blue eyes with blonde hair. The person had been wearing bloody clothes as well, and hadn't snarled, but it looked like it hated everything in sight. Tio Lucas always wears a small necklace with a cross on it, and when that thing saw it, it let go and glared at my uncle like he was going to kill him. Tio Lucas stood his ground and said a prayer. At this point, the thing backed down, and when a car drove by, Tio Lucas said he instinctively glanced at it. When he looked back, the thing was gone. He thinks what he and I saw were fallen angels, recently cast out. While I wasn't religious before, and I'm still not sure what I saw, I have been going to church a little more often over the past few years. And we are back. Ooh, chills. Very much so. And I like that I was a little bit more subtle. It was no one got eaten or thrown into an abyss or anything <laughs> like that. It was an encounter. And it was one where the characters acted like I think real people right. would act. Yeah. Well, and, Get the hell and it was out of so there. evocative just from the title. I mean, The Fallen. Like you, you mm-hmm. little bit knew what you were in for, kind of maybe. You had an inkling. And then you slowly, slowly yeah. got into this and the, just this totally normal situation. And then this image of bloody feathers, you know, it's so impactful. And then you look up and see this weeping person. And then and then I get this like very <laughs> weeping angels vibe from Doctor Who. That's, oh, this, okay. I, I had, had this, that, in my, that image in my brain like the whole time. <laughs> What I was mm-hmm. thinking, just because of that, that's um, that anger that's etched on the face of these stone angels, right? They kind of made me think of that yeah. with the anger that these beings had. You know, mm-hmm. I really love the concept of of a recently fallen angel. It's so cool. That is a fresh wound yeah. on a very on a very powerful creature. We haven't really talked about angels on our no, show we yet. Haven't. Because they're kind of, well, they, they're they not lesser known. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure everyone's read the statistic that about three quarters of Americans believe in angels. And, you know, <laughs> again, if you if you legitimately believe in something, awesome. Keep on believing because that's how new ideas come about. That's how new stories For come sure. around. If someone doesn't believe in anything, if you just see the world exactly as it is, you don't ever seek to change it. You don't ever accept growth. It's So I don't really want to just put down anybody for believing anything. But the concept of literal angels has a lot tied to it. There's a lot of imagery, a lot of stories of what is an angel? Yeah. What is the nature of well, an angel? Well, angels are present in... They're not just present in Christianity by any long shot. They're present in multitudes of religions um, mm -hmm. in some form or, or another. You know, many religions have, they're polytheistic. You know, they have a lot of gods instead of just one. And most of them have some form of an angel or something, something that fights yeah, on the side of good. A that's, yeah, that's a servant yeah. to some sort of god. It could be like handmaidens. I liked that they had giant cool mech armor and big cool <laughs> plasma blasters and dark siders. There you go. They were pretty sweet in there. <laughs> yeah. Takes all kinds, right? <laughs> yeah. Those were sweet angels. <laughs> I did think that the the marks on the main character's back that like other people actually saw too. They indicate an actual like real threat, not any sort of hallucination or a dream. I thought mm -hmm. that was really interesting. Also that, that his uncle also encountered yeah. one. So maybe like being able to actually see them runs in the family or something. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe this their bloodline is marked in some way. Descended uh, of a fallen that's... angel, maybe? Oh. Or an I actual like angel? I, like I don't know. <laughs> that could be an interesting twist. Yeah. I think but, it could be really interesting to start to like a novel or a series. I'm sure someone has has already done it, but uh Boy, I, I think that's a really cool story that, that could be told. Sure. This idea of learning about this, the bloodline power. And I think there is quite a, ma quite a bit of magic to the idea of, of family and carrying not just stories, but everything forward. That's something that is really fun to explore. Mm -hmm. Well, and even just like his family <laughs> believing him, <laughs> you know, like... Mm -hmm. Many situations would occur that are unbelievable, you know, and you, you go tell the people you're close to and, and they scoff or they don't believe you. And you see that in a lot of tales and it happens probably a lot in real life too. But for someone in your family to be like, shrug it off. And then the other person be like, um, but no, wait, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me call your uncle. <laughs> He had that happen too. <laughs> yeah, he'll know what you're, what's which, going on. Which almost makes it that much scarier, you know? Like, okay, it wasn't in my brain. Now I have to confront the fact that what I saw was real. Scary. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Very cool imagery in this story, for sure. I liked it. And, I, and again, I liked kind of the subtlety to mm -hmm. it. Uh, that it's it's just marks and it's it's these encounters and the story that comes from the uncle, uh, that is, is all stuff that instead of and then I and then the monster opened its gaping jaws and blue blue flame. I mean, no, it's uh, <laughs> well, and you have such raw emotion and anger from from these beings, you know, that you could yeah. you could believe that they were like freshly fallen, that their their mm -hmm. wings had and been I've, ripped from them and they were on earth and angry and yeah 
I really like that this story kind of takes advantage of if you are an English speaking Western audience member, you probably are at least somewhat familiar with angels, whether you're a believer or not. You don't need a whole lot of explanation. Just if you're familiar with Christianity in general, probably. Which is like a good thing. I guess that's the the, that's Yeah, yeah, that's a better way (laughs) to phrase it. Everybody's You probably at least know someone that's Christian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I thought that was a really, really fun story. Really something very Yeah, I really liked it too. Yeah. Thanks thanks so much for submitting that one. That was that was a fun one, Angus. So um what do you think about our creatures that we've had in these two stories tonight? What do you think we're at alignment-wise? Oh, let's see. So if if the first one... Let's say it's a changeling, is, just says. Is, yeah, yeah, it's a changeling. Definitely chaotic, for sure. Yeah. And I think chaotic evil. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, an eater of children or a taker Never of okay. children, That that's an evil yeah, act. Yeah, absolutely. Oof. And and that's something that, that is preying on the mm-hmm. weak. And that is not cool. Never cool. <laughs> no. Never, Never cool. Never cool. So, but the yeah. Angels. So I think I think chaotic, chaotic evil, and the angel. Now the angels are a very tricky thing. Uh, traditionally, in a lot of in a lot of game systems, I mean, there are e- there's even well, they have to do something I to fall, could, right? Yeah, they have to do something to fall, uh, but they have a hard. Part of their very being is law yeah. and lawful order. For sure. Yeah, they when they are divided into the different choirs and they have very strict, you know, castes and jobs and duties. Uh, the idea of one deviating from that is tricky, and it goes back to, I mean, the original story of a fallen angel, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular one. I think it's still lawful. I would agree. I think looking at how it colors the entire, you know, it says it has the expression of hate for everything around it on its face. To me, that is a creature that sees the world in black and white. Mm-hmm. No, um, lawful, I think just by its nature, it would need to be no matter what. It that's needs what, to how be. It, I think how it grew up, you know, that's how it was raised in that mm-hmm. society. But it would be maybe, maybe neutral. Maybe. Because uh, clearly but, they were good at some point, right? And what's yeah, what's even yeah, good, and, right? <laughs> That's kind of a gray area itself. I think everyone in their life, may, maybe not everyone, but uh, a lot of people have, have lashed out when they're hurt, right. when there's trauma, when you don't know how to handle something, you get angry at your friends mm-hmm. or those who might seek to help you. Uh, and imagine... You are cast out of your very existence because of a choice or a failure to perform or a whim mm-hmm. on some greater and power. You know is just gone. Yeah, you're alone. Uh, so I'm sure I, some people. It's a little hard to draw true. Have al- had that, yeah, you know, in some aspects. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little hard. It, yeah, hard to draw. Yeah, you know, hard hard to draw a true alignment. Yeah, you from can't that. really you can't really judge someone based on how they are in, in yeah, a hugely a, emotionally impactful moment. Mm-hmm. And also the, the marks left on the arm. I'm still, I, I still like to entertain the idea that these are creatures made out of a very powerful force or magic. Right. 
and to touch one is gonna leave a mark. Mm-hmm. It's, or have it touch you? It's like, yeah, it's like touching a hot radiator. Yeah. It's don't do that. <laughs> uh. Um, I kind of feel I'm kind of feeling lawful neutral, just because lawful neutral, but definitely it, on a path. Yeah. Uh, you don't see lawful neutral a lot. Not really. It's a tricky one to stay at. Often characters are written starting at lawful and neutral, then go one way but their actions other. take yeah, them definitely. somewhere. I would think they would have to be neutral in some way because they're not adhering to whatever lawful good is, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. If they've been stripped of their wings, clearly something happened. And they would likely be on that same character path. They would be either trying to gain their way back to wherever they fell from or embracing their hatred and anger you know so they yeah. go one now, way or the other probably I do sense that the the dark side is strong <laughs> in this one it is probably it yeah it's pretty angry so to focus on just hate and rage and and anger and all of that that is uh doesn't lead to good things it doesn't lead to good actions or decisions Never a good place to be so, in your mind for sure yeah but um so that is all we have for you guys tonight. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Folklore in the Rocks. You can find us on Twitter at Folklore Rocks. Yeah, it had a guitar solo this time. Oh, dear. So we also have pictures, notes, and sources on FolkloreintheRocks.com, our website. We do have a Patreon, and you are more than welcome to donate. We have a couple of new patrons just recently and we want to say thank you so much to all of our patrons for yeah so kind we also have a paypal button on our website if you would like to just donate one time uh we've got free stickers for you guys if you write a review and you send in a screenshot to us we would be so grateful if you left one um you can do that on facebook on stitcher on itunes um, wherever is easiest for you just send it to us. You can email that to us at either at admin at folkloreintherocks.com or I think mail. Just go with admin. Yeah, mail at folklore. <laughs> admin. It'll get to us that way. <laughs> and then once we do, once we get 100 reviews, we're going to do a bonus episode for you guys with a... We're going we're to have a pizza party. <laughs> for ourselves and give you a listener selected feature <laughs> episode <laughs> and share virtual pizza with you. <laughs> Yes. So tell your friends. Uh, word of mouth is the absolute best marketing that we could possibly get from for our podcast because there's nothing like a friend recommending a show to you. You know, I know I've mm-hmm. I've listened to many a show because someone has recommended it to me, and I trust their judgment. You know, <laughs> so so please do that, and then we just we just thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I guess we'll just talk to you soon. See you next Sunday. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye.